We're throwing off the filters of tradition and culture to discover what the Bible really says about our relationships, relationships with God, with ourselves, and with others. Welcome to this episode of Relationship Truth Unfiltered. Thank you for joining us on Relationship Truth Unfiltered. I'm Julie Sedanko, and I'm going to try to pronounce my guest's name correctly. It's Karen Engelbrecht. Is that right? Yes, close enough. (laughs) Close enough. All right. I didn't quite do it. Karen is from a coastal town near Cape Town, South Africa. She was a missionary for 20 years in Zambia and married nearly 39 years. Today, she's graciously offered to tell her story of being in ministry while also being in a destructive marriage. Karen, thank you so much for being here to tell your story. Thank you, Julie. It's an honor and a privilege to share a little bit of my journey with all of you. Thank you. Give us a little bit of history of your marriage and what was going on. I married as as a young new Christian. And shortly after the marriage, I realized I felt that something was wrong, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it. One of the things that kept on cropping up was that he had Um, a very controlling uh, manner, especially time spent away from him. For instance, if I had a coffee date with girlfriends, uh, he would want to know who I was going with, who all were going to be there, where we were going to go, how long we were going to be there, and exactly what time I was going to be back. And if I was even five minutes late from the time that I had said I would be home, I would receive a very cold reception. Um, He would make his disapproval and his disappointment um, known to me. And, you know, it it made me feel small and helpless, like a child being reprimanded by an angry parent. And I had to be available to him. I was there to fulfill all his needs. When he came home from work, I had to be there, dinner ready, house spotless. And I had to be available emotionally, mentally, and physically. And that meant in the early years, daily sex, and Mm -hmm. sometimes even twice per day if he came home during lunch times. But I think the thing that really bothered me most was the fact that we couldn't connect at a deeper level. I felt that I could never have a, a really meaningful conversation with him. You know, he was he was always right. Um, his opinions mattered most. And if I dared to express my own opinion or perhaps disagree with him, he would become very defensive and argumentative. Um, he would gaslight me. It was it was crazy making talk, and often it would go around in circles, and I, I, it would leave me feeling bewildered and and stupid and confused. And then his response would be to withdraw and give me the silent treatment. And he would become the victim. Somehow he felt that this was a a, a vicious attack on his character. Can you give Uh, me an example, Karen, where you could maybe describe to our listeners what this looked like and maybe they would recognize it in their own marriage or right. For instance, if I if, if in a conversation and I, I disagreed with him, let's say 
we spoke about we're going to go to church on Sunday and we'll go to the nine o'clock meeting. I'm just using a very simple example. And if I say to him, that's, that's fine, um, but, you know, could we perhaps consider going to the 10 o'clock meeting because I have such and such and such things to do, get the kids ready or whatever, he would immediately feel that I was attacking him because I'm not agreeing with him. And he would say things like, well, why, why did you not tell me this beforehand? You know, now you come out with this. We always go to the nine o'clock meeting. And, and that would then put us on the crazy making cycle. And, you know, the thing is that in the end, I would just give in to keep the peace and to try and patch things up. up. And so to make him feel better, because he would always come across um, as being hard done by, like everybody is against him and he's the victim. I don't know if that is perhaps sort of a clear example. Um, yeah, I think so. But, you know, obviously with something like your example, it's like, okay, fine. It's one thing to give in and go to the nine o'clock. Right. But it was more serious things as well. It was, it was. And even trying to address um, perhaps something that I saw a behavior problem uh, or a word that he had spoken, perhaps um, a sarcastic joke that I felt was, was um, uncalled for or that hurt me. That, that was so difficult to even try and um, bring to his attention because he would react to that um, by projecting it back on me often, uh, minimizing it, saying it wasn't that bad or you're too sensitive. So, you know, it was like speaking to a wall. You just could never get through, get any further. And so again, anything that he perceived as criticism yes, was fodder. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And even criticism from other people, perceived criticism from other people, then my role would be to comfort him and to make him feel good. And to take his side, even if he was wrong. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is that in our relationship, it wasn't all bad all the time. Isn't that the and confusing part? It is very much, very much. So it was this huge emotional pendulum because he could be very friendly. He could be kind, considerate, even understanding, especially in front of other people. Mm -hmm. So you would project this very charming, godly man of God. And yet at the turn of a hat he could change and become this very vindictive sarcastic uh, person who could really hurt with his words you know so for me um, it was a very very difficult thing to to really find solid ground so I always felt uncertain unsure which way 
was this going to go? Um, I, it left me feeling anxious and stressed. And yet, nobody knew about this. You know, it was, it was uh, so covert, uh, very subtle, hard to define, because I could read him in situations because it would, could even be a facial expression. Mm-hmm. And I knew exactly what that would mean. But other people would not even pick up on that. And so family and friends were not aware. We put up a very good front. Yeah. Tell me what that felt like emotionally to you. To know that you were unhappy and yet everybody thought it was fine. And you had to kind of put on this mask all the time. What was that like for you inside? You know, um, it really is devastating. Um, The thing is that. I I assumed on one level that this was also normal because all marriages go through ups and downs, right? Absolutely. Uh, we, we, we hardly knew each other when we got married. It was a whirlwind romance. So we didn't have time to really get to know each other. And so my thought is even though this is happening and I know something is wrong, I was going to make sure that we get the right help. We were going to fix this. And so I sought marriage counseling. I sought, um, you know, marriage enrichment seminars, DVDs, books, which we, we hardly ever finished, but nevertheless tried to, to do that. And, and sadly, most of the feedback that I would get during sessions, like in a marriage counseling session, would be to, you know, pray more, submit more, uh, trust God, you know, more, be the humble one and, and so on. And I would go and I would, I would cry before the Lord and I'd say, I'm sorry, I'm going to try harder. And um, please just give me the patience to be this godly wife and mother that that is the desire of my heart did you feel Um, though in those counseling sessions unheard or did you take it away as it really is just me not trying hard enough I think both many times I I felt like the counselors wanted a quick fix and then I would go away feeling that the it's on me i'm the wife i'm the one that's that's to blame i'm the one that must fix this because we we're taught that the husband is the head of the home you know we must submit uh pray more trust god more and and so it it left me feeling absolutely hopeless and and frustrated because i tried as hard as i could and nothing changed I often thought maybe it's it's a communication problem, you know. If if we just had better communication skills, then that would be, you know, we could solve the problem. But it wasn't. It wasn't that. And yet I tried all these things. And the thing is that the outcome of that was that I made excuses for his behavior. You know, I put it down to cultural differences. 
uh, maybe, you know, his family of origin, he was rejected as a child. And where was he from? Know, he was from Rhodesia or Zimbabwe. Today it's Zimbabwe. And, you know, he had gone through a period of eight years of war and and all those things, I'm sure, did have an influence sure. and definitely um, played a part in, in his makeup. But honestly, that wasn't really what was happening on ground level. I tried to address those things as well and get help for him. But he would go for a session or two with a counselor, but he never followed through. He, and he Karen, I think that's so important. It's so important for especially those women who are listening that are bending over backwards to get help for their husbands. Yeah. Don't yeah. want it. If they're not seeking help for themselves, Absolutely. they don't want the help that you're, you're getting them. And you are, you are like a hamster on a wheel and the frustration builds and builds and builds and builds until you blow up. And then you look like the destructive person. If your Absolutely. husband wants the help, he's going to get it right. But yeah. like in your case, you had a husband that refused to even look at himself or Absolutely. acknowledge that he needed help. Absolutely. And and this the the toll of that on my health was enormous because after 28 years of marriage of which we had then spent 14 years in full-time ministry in Zambia as missionaries I had a complete breakdown. I was totally totally burnt out. My soul felt battered and bruised. Uh, I was depleted on all levels. I remember going into the shower, just turning on the water to drown out my cries. But you know, I would then dry my tears and come out and, and try to continue. But I had reached a point where I could not function any longer. And I felt like a complete failure in my marriage, in the ministry, towards my children. I just felt alone and condemned and, and totally misunderstood. And, and so I spent three months off the field and I semi-recovered and then went back to Zambia. And sadly, the the bad behavior had escalated then. Um, our, our children were now adults and they were no longer in our home. And so I was now totally isolated and dependent on my ex. And you're also not um, as distracted by the needs of children. Absolutely. And one of my coping mechanisms were to, to keep busy. And, and of course, you're busy with the children. We home, I homeschooled them and so on and so forth. So now that was a way. So now it was very, very intense. And I fell into a deep, deep depression. It was a very, very dark time in my I life. Think too, Karen, I, I would love for you to just speak to the fact that you were a missionary and in ministry adds another level of pain, I think, to this, because mm -hmm. there is maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I think 
it's harder to come forward and say, I'm having these problems because you're supposed to be the Christian leader. You're supposed to be the person who knows how to pray through. And there is this guilt and pressure Absolutely. as a missionary. Can you just talk a little bit to that, especially if we have a listener who's in ministry and struggling so much in this way? Absolutely. Um, you know, as a missionary in a you're already living um, in a glass bowl, <laughs> you know, your life um, is, is an open book, at least to the very people that you are ministering to. There is nothing hidden. They know uh, what is happening in your life. And, and so that, that's part of it. But then as far as the, the supporters and your mission organization, it was, <laughs> I, I, I felt trapped because I did not know where to go and even what to say. Uh, if I had the opportunity to, to try and express what was happening, today I know we would probably have been given the advice to go for marriage counseling. Yes. But that was not going to be the, the, the solution. So, you know, you're captured by the fear of reputation, of the impact on your finances. We were living by faith, uh, so people were supporting us. What would happen? So those were all subconscious fears. It felt like I was captured and I just couldn't get out of it, you know. Uh, and honestly, if I look back to, to my life in that time, it, it was such a dark time. And yet, you know, I knew that God was with me. I never, ever felt that he had left me. But I did not know how to get out of it. And this continued in my life for another six years. That's a long time. I was so isolated that my ex had even um, controlled the amount of communication that I had with my children uh, because the burnout and the depression became the, the scapegoat, the, the go-to reason. Um, but it was, it was beautifully uh, covered up under the pretense of him caring for me and watching out for me. But it was, was really an excuse to keep me where I was and under his power and his control. What do you mean? Did he only let you call them certain hours? or? Yes. If, yes. If, if my children um, called, he would say things. And I did not know this. I only found this out recently when my children told me. Uh, they would call to speak to me and he would say, yeah, mom can't speak now, you know, she's not feeling well. And, you know, I have to make sure that she's emotionally going to be stable and, and well. So you need to call at another time or something like that, you know. He was micromanaging me on all levels. I had no access to finances, even to buy something as simple as a cool drink. I had to ask him for money. I was treated like an invalid and a person unable to make any decisions. 
And I was in such a state that I accepted it. How sad is that? I, I just, I couldn't function. It was only in 2017, we, our time in Zambia finished and we returned to South Africa. And it was in 2020 when a close and trusted friend um, spoke to me. And that was my awakening moment. That was my aha <laughs> moment. And I realized that I was in an emotionally abusive marriage. That was such a shock to me. What did that friend I'm, say to you that, that opened your I, eyes? I had confided in her uh, that I was really struggling in my marriage. And she, as a, she was also a missionary and a single missionary and had befriended both of us. And she had observed the interactions between us. And, and this particular time I went and I saw her privately and she said to me, look, he's not going to change. You know, you, you can only work on yourself. And this is, these are the words that she said, he, he shows a lot of narcissistic tendencies in the way that he's treating you and other people. And when she said that, it was like a light bulb that had gone on in my head. And, you know, we use the term narcissism very loosely. I mean, I, I, know, what, I know what that means. I knew what that meant. But in this context, and so I jumped on the internet and I started searching. And, and of course, that led, one thing led to another. And I realized that there was something about um, narcissistic abuse, something like covert narcissistic abuse, emotional abuse. And I started putting those things together. But here, you know, there's a lot of information out there and, and it's good. But I, I felt that the, it lacked most of those things lacked uh, a spiritual component. I wanted to know what the Bible said about this. Yes. What does the Bible say? And I stumbled across Leslie's website. And um, I joined, I asked to receive her newsletter. And then finally, I joined Conquer on a scholarship in October 2021. And for those who and, don't know, Conquer is a private membership group that Leslie opens twice a year to women. And it's such an affordable uh, monthly membership. But for you, being in another yeah. country, it was, it was a different story. And so that scholarship that somebody provided was so powerful oh, for you. I, I tell you, <clears throat> I, I want to tell you that Conquer literally saved my life because I felt that it was a, such a timely gift from God. I can't fully express my appreciation. I had become so focused on my ex's toxic behavior towards me. I was bitter and resentful and filled with anger. Although I had knowledge about what was happening, I wasn't moving forward. I was stuck. Mm -hmm. And when I joined Conquer, finally, it gave me a biblical understanding of abuse. 
and it equipped me with the tools to maintain my integrity as a godly woman whilst refusing for the abuse to continue. And, and Conquer systematically took me through the stages that I needed to go through for healing and growth. I learned so much. Oh, my goodness. I learned, first of all, that I am not responsible for his emotional well-being. I learned that I had choices. I can choose to live in denial or I can choose to live in truth. And I decided no more pretending. From now on, I'm standing in the truth. And I had to find out what was the truth about my ex? What was the truth about me? And what was the truth, what God said about this whole thing? And, and I learned about my big circle and defining who I wanted to be. What kind of woman did I want to be? How did I want to show up? I found my voice, but I could speak with kindness, but with firmness. And I learned to take up my designated space as a worthy child of God. I learned to find my voice, to be able to speak up uh, and make myself known, my wants, my needs, but with kindness uh, and, and to take up my designated space. As a, as a worthy child of God, literally standing tall, knowing who I am in him. I learned wonderful, practical things, how to present myself towards my ex, when to, to implement healthy boundaries and how not to jade and, and to stay in core. Jade, um, now, now some of these... Yeah, uh, I <laughs> Jade stands for to justify, argue, defend, and explain. And that is yeah. something that we are so prone, especially I think as women. Absolutely. Um, and we get in when we get into an argument, we're going to justify what we did, we're going to argue, we're going to defend ourselves, we're going to explain. And it does nothing. It does nothing except Absolutely. get back on that answer, right? And then um, do you want to? To explain core. Oh, the core. Oh, my goodness. What, you know, the core is, is, is the core of this whole conquer. And um, it, the C uh, is being courageously committed to the truth. I'm going to just do it, say it yes. my way, the way I remember it. <laughs> yes. And the, the O is for being open to the leading of the Holy Spirit and wise others. The R is always being respectful um, towards others and myself. And the E is being empathetic, but not allowing the abuse to continue. Such an incredible thing to strengthen you inwardly. And, you know, I just want to say here that these principles, I'm able to actually apply them to other relationships, um, cultivating new relationships and maintaining old relationships. It's just such an incredible um, tool and, and the encouragement 
um, and the support from coaches and mentors on the safe private Facebook group of which you can become part of when you join the Conquer membership program. I cannot stress enough the impact of having that kind of support. Women who are all in different phases of their journey, uh, but but just being there, loving you unconditionally, listening to you vent and cry and, and rejoicing with you when you share little victories. Um, it is an immeasurable treasure towards validation and towards the healing processes. Because our listeners may be wondering, Leslie's Conquer membership opens in April. You can join the waiting list at leslievernick.com forward slash join conquer. But if you're ready to start working on yourself right now, consider joining Walking in Core Strength. This is a private three-month group coaching program that just opened. It's led by Leslie's trained coaches. Classes are maxed out at 15 people. Along with important teaching videos, there are two 90-minute live Zoom sessions each month. And we have morning, afternoon, and evening groups available. Learn more at lesliebernick.com forward slash group coaching. Now, back to Karen's story. But I want to say something here, Julie. I'm still in the process of healing, and I know it's going to take a long time. And, you know, I'm condensing what has happened in, in trying to give you an edited version, but at no uh, stage do I want to minimize the pain and the grief. It is a very, very hard journey, but it's also a very rewarding journey. If you do your work, you will get better. You will grow. You will um, become stronger. I had to sweep my side of the street. I had to look at my own life. I was over-functioning. I was people-pleasing. Um, it was probably and still is one of the hardest things that I have ever done in my life. Um, but like I said, the liberation that comes by standing in the truth is absolutely mind-blowing. And learning to trust myself again, you know. Um, so if, you know, I, I, I can only encourage my fellow sisters to consider joining Conquer and doing the work. Conquer is not a counseling program. It's an equipping, but you need to do the work in order to grow yourself. I think that's so important because earlier when we were talking about how, you know, you're trying to get help for your husband because Lord knows he yeah. needs it. And if he would just open his eyes and if he would, yeah. just, if he would just do this, then everything would be great. Right. And we go on and on and on, but, but that accepting of reality, being committed yeah. to the truth. And that's, I think, where the grief maybe begins, because sometimes you have to accept the truth that he doesn't want help. He doesn't Absolutely. think he Absolutely. And so what are you going to do with that? Well, you can work on you. And that's why I thought it was so powerful when you said how you learned that you do have choices. And there mm -hmm. is so many things you can do. 
Conquer is one of them. There are other programs Leslie offers. Absolutely. Uh, to offer some here on this free podcast. And so we have lots of resources, but there, there is hope and help for that woman, minister or not, in a destructive yeah. marriage, regardless of whether your husband chooses to do his own work. Right. He's- Absolutely correct. You know, Julie, I initially thought that I would be able to stay well in my marriage, grow in myself, become stronger, um, you know, learn how to live um, within this environment. Uh, I, I had given him ample uh, opportunity and time to change and to work on himself. But sadly, he refused. He refused to even acknowledge that he he might have a, a problem or contribute had contributed to the state of our marriage. Um, and so it became clear to me that I it was not going to be sustainable for me. I, I mean, I'm 62 years old and I had to make a decision. Um, and I'll tell you what, it was one of the scariest things that I ever had to do. I thought I knew what it was to live by faith. We've done that, you know, all our ministry years. But I tell you, this was a never a, a next level. Um, I felt like I was stepping off a cliff. In South Africa, um, I mean, God provided a, a job for me. But for a, um, a, a white South African older woman, it is extremely difficult to find work really and so oh yeah yeah you're in a in a different category um so god provided me with with a job with work and i love it i absolutely love my work but it doesn't pay a lot yeah and so i when i started to think about possibly leaving well i had to consider everything and I remember drawing up columns of income and expenditures and getting all our personal documents together and realizing I'm gonna walk out of this marriage with nothing wow there is nothing you know except for for a few household items that we could sell but there's nothing and and that was very very daunting and scary. And I remember writing this out, and and uh, I felt that you know that that story that Jesus told, and he said, um, a wise man counts the cost before he starts to build. A little story that Jesus told, and it came to me, and I thought, yeah, that you know, I'm I'm counting the cost here, but boy oh boy, it's not working out very well. No matter how I'm trying to tweak my budget on my salary, it just, it's not looking well. And I felt the Lord speaking to my spirit and he said, yes, it's good to do your homework and to have the facts, but where are you going to put your trust? Are you going to trust in this that is right before you or can you trust me? And, and so I decided I was going to trust Jesus fully. And I'll tell you, Julie, I don't know how, but every month I've been able to make ends meet. 
and have a little bit extra to bless others. Isn't that amazing? It's yeah. only God that can do that. That's amazing. But, um, Especially yeah. since you had received that scholarship and now you're able oh, to, to give back. I think that's wonderful. And and we alluded to the staying well, leaving well, and that's something that Leslie teaches. Right. You know, she's definitely pro-marriage 100%. Absolutely. Nobody wants a divorce, but her teaching is that if you're going to stay, you need mm. to stay well and figure out a way by doing your own work, how you can stay and stay well. Right. And right. you don't want to be mired in depression. You don't want to be having health issues. You don't want to have anxiety and those types of things. And if you end up having to leave, that you're able to leave well, not mired in bitterness and anger and Absolutely. all of this. So that's really the focus of a lot of her teaching is being able to do that. And as the Lord says, to guard your heart. Right, right. Oh, the lessons, invaluable lessons um, that I've, that I learned through Conquer and, you know, so, it's practical stuff you know a lot of it is practical things that you can you can apply it's not yes. just it's not just the spiritual things but it's it's practical things and i i was able to um squirrel away a little bit of money over time and and so i was i spoke to my children and they fully supported me in pursuing a divorce and so I went and I saw an attorney and uh, she looked at everything that I had brought and she advised me to to get out of the out of the marriage she just said why are you still here um, if you're going to rebuild your life do it now you know and I was ready to do that and and within six weeks uh, my divorce was finalized. It was wow. uncontested. But if I may, I just want to share, and this is a well-known scripture, but it's so meaningful to me. And it's from Isaiah 61 verse 3. And it says, to bestow on them, on me, a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And truly, if I can leave that with those who are listening today, if you feel that you're in that place of despair, if you feel that you're grieving and you're mourning and you, you feel like all you have is ashes, I want to encourage you today, no matter where you are or, or what your situation is, this is a promise for you. I've experienced it in my life, and I can honestly say it is true. Through the Conquer membership program, I went from being a victim to a survivor to a thriving conqueror. And that is my heart and my honest desire for each of, of those who are listening today. And I can't thank Leslie and the team enough for putting together these programs. And I know Conquer is, is just one of them. These programs are put together for women like myself to become whole again, 
to regain our lives and to fulfill our God-given purposes and destiny as overcomers, not victims, not stuck, being hopeless and helpless. Karen, thank you so much for so bravely sharing your story and being so real and open. I know it's going to bless people. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's a privilege, Julie. Thank you for listening to Relationship Truth Unfiltered. Our goal is for each of our listeners to receive real practical relationship help. If you know small group coaching would benefit you, go to leslievernick.com forward slash group coaching. And may God bless all of your relationships with him, with yourself, and with others.